0: Foster Show brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business twenty-four-seven, serving hot, fresh food. Moan, that's a big smile on that on that face over there. Oh, What's going on on this my. Wednesday? Yeah,
1: you got a whole lot going on. You know, just moving and shaking, man. Trying to make sure that this weather, Tennessee's so weird with it, man. But everything is weird. The NFL is weird. We're now witnessing, and I know we're—I don't know if we're going to go this direction, but we're now witnessing why receivers get. Uh 20 like seventeen yeah. quarterback money. Twenty seventeen yeah. quarterback money is crazy.
0: Pretty significant Stefan Diggs money. Oh. Uh four years, one hundred and four million dollar extension. Mm. And even that's not the punchline. It's a seventy million dollar guarantee for a wide receiver with the intent, mm-hmm. with the stated intent from both parties to have him retire in Buffalo. Now this is one of those classic things, Mona. when it happens, yeah. the fans are all yeah, and the owners are going to say, "No, this has nothing to do with us begging for a stadium right now. <laughs> nothing at all. We're not doing this just to illustrate some kind of faux commitment, right?" And it's, it's you, you want to hear? I don't think it's going to set a precedent. Let's put it that way.
1: Well, I, as far as a new stadium,
0: no, no, no. Oh, uh, oh, as oh. far as as far as there's not always so many receivers that are going to be able to look at the specific situation between Diggs and the bills and say, yeah. and say, well, I want my guy to get that treatment.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting because I'll say this too. I saw our guy, Deontay Johnson tweeting about it. it was like, and he deserves every bit of it. And guess what I do because that's my, I, I like Deontay. He's a great <laughs> kid. I say to Deontay, it's a great time to be a wide receiver, isn't it? On Twitter. And all he does is like the comment. And I was just like, Hmm. I'm reading the rumor. Not saying that, you know, Deontay's seeking that type of bread, but. Hey. No, nah,
0: but everybody keeps an eye on it. And you and you're, yeah. you were at the head of that list. Oh,
1: <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. But yeah,
0: great day to be a wide receiver. No, no question about that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked about that as it relates to wide receivers we've talked about that as it relates to a lot of different positions mike tomlin uh, was today uh, at lsu uh, yeah. he was checking out their pro day there's pictures of him and ryan clark down there by the way too uh and i, I watch your head coach a yeah. lot and i always try to pay close attention to what it is that gets his attention yeah and i Instead of getting into my thoughts on this, I'm infinitely more interested in yours. What what does he want to see? But specifically from a young player.
1: Yeah, um, interesting. He, he wants to see a guy that's a football guy. Um, no matter what what their you know mentality or or, or how they go about their day to day. you can dress weird, you can be quiet, you can be a loud guy. But when he watches you do your thing, as far as the sport goes. He wants a football player. Um, and that's what he'll tell guys. You know, I always tell people when we walk in those meeting rooms, he tell you whatever you got going on, leave that at the door. Because when we walk in this room, it's all football. And I think he he, he looked for guys who were patterned that way also. Like, it, it, he's interested in how he know how to pick a guy or what to get him going. Because he know at the core whatever they got going on, those guys that are in that room care about football. So he f- tried to find ways in order to get them tick. Like he knew what to say to, to me to get me going, or um, he would say something to Marquise in particular to get him going or keep Al engaged, or even uh, when he's speaking to the defense, when it's scout meeting Wednesday type stuff, like those are the things that he does to get you going because he know he got a room full of football players. So when it, when it comes time for competition, how serious are they? And I know all these prospects are going to be very serious at LSU or Pitt or Tennessee when they visit there or Georgia when they go there. But he can see it on the faces of the guys that are, hey, I'm trying to be a pro about this. I don't think it's no mistake why you go get Najee Harris. Look at how he was as a football player in year one. Most running backs, they don't want their workload. They don't want to be clawing for extra yards. What do we see most running backs, wide receivers, and everybody else do now when they catch the ball? Either get on the ground or get <laughs> out of bounds. Look at the guys that we've had in that. Le'Veon, football guy. James Conner, football guy. By the way, congratulations to him for re-signing yeah. a new deal. Football guy. And that's just one position. And then you go get a Benny Snell, who's the exact same way, who's a backup, but the starter is what? a football guy. Those guys that want to play the game and be out there. That's what he looks for as far as football players. And also too, this has been a very cute trend of his too. And I say cute and it's not, but young guys that understand the game to the 20 year olds. I can go through a list of guys that they were drafted at 20, maybe turn 21 after the fact, because and when you get them in early, you can teach them to be pros quicker.
0: You know, there's a story that Tomlin himself told about Alex Highsmith's drafting and Highsmith's playing obviously at a a smaller program in Charlotte and Tomlin's down there. And uh, so is Kevin Colbert and they're watching him and they see him go through the standard drills that you want to see from an outside linebacker and an edge rusher. And then they watched, they watched this kid uh, go into a special teams drill. And yeah. they saw the passion that he put into that. And then something that he did on the sideline with the rest of the special teams guys really struck a chord with them. And I mean, I'm not going to remember exactly what it was. Yeah. But it was something, it wasn't necessarily like a football drill, physical right. related type of thing. It just sold them on the idea that this guy is really into this sport. Yep,
1: yep. Uh, and it goes the same way. Just look at the lineage of guys we've had. I know we spoke about this a little bit, though. But but case in point, Lawrence Timmons, he was a football guy on how he goes about his stuff. I know for sure we heard the story oh, yeah. of, of of James Conner playing defense at the University of Pitt before he played offense, being a defensive end. But having the ability to be more than just a position guy. Those were the things he was looking at, a guy that we love and endear, Freaking Ryan Shazier. Like, absorbed it. Ryan used to come to the facility daily, fully clothed with a, I don't know what we call a a knapsack, a briefcase, whatever it was, changing out of his clothes that he took time to put on, to go into the back room or upstairs with the coaches to watch film. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see that you can't fake that. No,
0: no, <laughs> no. You you can, know, I mean, I guess in a pro day, you can put on a show for a couple of hours.
1: And and, 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 that's
0: why those guys are going to be looking for those.
1: Yeah.
0: Really, really little things,
1: you know? And and I'll say this in the defense of Artie too. Artie was the exact same way. Mm. Young guy, very talented at Miami and also absorbing all of his family's duties. Like Artie, I think pretty much adopted his young brother and sister to be father figure for them.
0: Artie Burns has quite the backstory.
1: You know what I'm saying? That's Mm -hmm. why.
0: Yeah, it's, um. It's so much that goes into this process. It's amazing. When we come back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more football. What a coincidence! Yeah. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. I can't help but think, though, Ramon, to what you said uh, about Mike Tomlin, and Kevin Colbert, looking at these guys and thinking, "Is he a football guy? Is he a football guy?" While at the same time, I have heard from both of them. I have heard from you, and I know that you practice this in your own family, that everyone encourages youngsters to participate in multiple sports. What's the, you know...
1: Well, I think if so, this is again, I've I've had these conversations with them. Um, I know Kev is a big Kevin Kober is a big time baseball guy. Oh, yeah. We uh, we have conversations about my kids before. I never forget I'm throwing BP to him or whatever. And frigging Kev's like, you're not throwing the ball right. Get your shoulder together. You know, he's telling me these types (laughs) of things. But um, the reason I'm a huge fan advocate of multi sports is options. You know, I, I my kids are big time into baseball and football and basketball. Like there is no down down to I said sounding like a Pittsburgher, right? that, down that's said, good. There, as you hear that come out,
0: noted and appreciated.
1: Yeah, there is no downtime in uh, the Foster <laughs> household. Okay, um, and, and it's because of the options of it. We're a sports family, but we're gonna have our education together too. By the way, I don't want to think it's just all sports. Of course, um, but it, it goes like this. If you only play one sport and there's Johnny Lucky that comes up that's 10 times better than you or two times better than you, and that's the only option <laughs> you got, you're probably not going to play in your options and make it to the next level. Because truth be told, most people want to go to college for free or as free as they can if that's the option for you. Why only play one sport or one, even not just one sport, but one position? Why not move around the, the, the baseball diamond if you have to? If you're see, playing, yeah, see what's there. And, and truth be told, I know, that, like, the like the football has grown a good bit, too. And they have some kids that's only one-way players. And I'm thinking to myself, I played two ways in high school. Like, that's that's the way of the land in order for you to be productive and get on the field. And we use that old credo on the, on the football team with the Steelers, the more you can do, well, the longer you stay around in your earlier years. And it's also as if I'm only training one muscle, as far as basketball goes, just shooting in my shoulder and this – what about when I got to go plant and I hadn't really worked the muscle group? Football allows you to do that. If I'm only playing uh, baseball and I don't know, like I know a kid that couldn't slide in baseball, just hmm. couldn't figure it out. When I played football, guess what happens the next time around? He starts sliding in the second. He starts sliding in the third because in his mind, if I can take a hit on the football field, I can get down on this ground and get d- dirty.
0: Oh, that's okay. what it
1: allows you to. And for parents that only want their kids to play on the infield when it comes to baseball. No, we don't know what position you're going to play here. Here I was as an eighth grader, thought I was going to be the next Shaq. I was six, three in the freaking eighth grade. <laughs> OK, when my brother playing at the University of Tennessee, I was just thinking to myself, well, I'm going to be 6'8, 6'10, 6'11". i I'm going to play ball. No, I get to high school and there's point guards. That was my height, six, six. So they close that window. I kept my options open with football, and I did track. Also, it just it's more options for you. You get an opportunity also to not have downtime and get in trouble, and you don't want to get bored with a sport either because that's what I feel like happens these days more often. Parents put their kids into one sport, and they do that sport all the time. How many times are you going to get bored or going to hit BP? Or how many times well. you want to do football drills all day long? Like, no, you got to switch it up. And you also got to give the body rest. And I say specifically baseball because we're in it right now with our kids. But, like, the shoulders need time to rest around late November, December. Like, it, it it's it's a part of one option. It's a part of also showing that you're athletic enough to transition from one sport to another. And truth be told, it just gives you ability to be out and active. That's the part that I love and I know they love about – um Multi-sport kids. And it's this, too. It goes to show if a kid can handle a workload, if they're able to transition from one sport to the other and be competent in it, too.
0: Yeah. And then, ultimately, though, that kid has to show Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert yeah, that he loves yeah. football. You want to hear one of the, the biggest ahead.
1: conversations we had in the locker room? Mm. As Brett Kiesel was a stud on the basketball court. Nice. And then. Like, Keeser could just grab the ball, go up, and just dunk it like it was nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was him. Or watching young guys in at camp just frigging explode. Like, Shay Zier could just throw the ball into the rim. Yeah. Like, coaches see that and just shake their heads and go, mm, look at that athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: I do. I, I, I was there when Sidney Crosby hit a home run out of PNC Park, and you're like in a batting practice. And it's like, <laughs> you did what? Yeah. Um, we we see it from from all the greatest athletes. Ben was actually over there taking BP just a couple months ago, uh, mm-hmm. in a cage, and and he he played. Yeah, at a college level, in Miami, Ohio, and his swing was just so just flawless. Fluid. It was just riding a bike. It was just so. After eighteen <laughs> years, are you kidding me? When yeah. we come back, let's do a little bit of a a Hamon hey thing. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, and it's always time in the third segment for Hey Moan. And today's comes from BP from Wilkinsburg, who says, Hey Moan, DK has previously mentioned that Coach T is so engrossed in his work that he probably doesn't know who he is. I mean, DK, I tend to doubt that, as I think Coach T knows the names of all the good reporters. My question, since you talked to Coach T, have you informed him of your promising career opportunity with DK and what you're doing now? And do you think coach T knows who DK is? Hang on a second. I, I got to clear the air here. <laughs> I wrote that facetiously. I've covered yeah. the man for 15 years. I've yeah. met his I've met his family. I've sat with him in informal settings. I'd like to think in all that time he's at least taken a stab at my name. No but go way. ahead, Moan.
1: No, he does, man. Absolutely. <laughs> he he, he he, he knows who DK is, man, and that's the thing about him. He's a very personable person, a personable guy uh, when it comes down to relationships and friendships and getting to know people. He's, he's good at that. Me, myself, I, you got to tell me your name, like with certain stuff. Well, I'll know of a person more than anything, but you got to think he's one of the CEOs of the Stillers when it comes down to what happens on a day to day and uh if I, if i'm not mistaken they get briefed on a lot of stuff from bird about who's wrote what or who said something so whether right. good or bad he knows what's going on like when i tell people that that guy coach tomlin that man, Coach Tomlin, is, is uh, very in tune to what Pittsburgh is, and not just in the city, but out of the city. And he checks in on his guys, and we'll, we can contact him. I text him the other night, asking for a a, a parent's number of a coach that played in the league. I had something to ask him, and he's right back at you with a text. So it's not as if he's out of touch with what's going on. Um, media types, you got to be friendly with him, and he tell us that yeah. they write your story.
0: Yeah, you know the thing with the thing with him that I think might throw some people off, uh, including BP. And and again, also the joke that I made (laughs) is, is that when you hear him in press conferences, he will not use a reporter's name. And that varies Mm -hmm. from coach to coach, manager to manager. And you'll hear, uh, for example, the pirates manager, Derek Shelton will constantly use everybody's name and you'll hear it in the press conference. Uh, The Penguins coach, Mike Sullivan, again, as personable a guy as you could possibly, never uses him. He just he he keeps it really, really. He's giving answers that he knows are going out to the public. And those answers aren't necessarily enhanced by hearing the reporter's name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no,
1: exactly. And this is the thing, too. Coach T is simply doing the job, as I use one of his cliches. Uh, when it comes to do pressers like this or do uh public speaking, like from Missy all the way up or down the line, he's going to know who you are. And if not, he's going to gather some information about, about you to get to know you. So, um, and, and guys are the exact same way. So it might take us a little bit longer because we're, in, you know, seeing guys come in and out of the locker room sometimes, <laughs> but guys like DK, yeah, are known not just to him, but around the building. So, the media relationship is very important coach t also is one of those guys that for the nfl he does the uh pr for saying how important how important it is for you to get to know your local media and he put a stress on guys that are local in the industry because the run-ins are daily
0: now one thing that we won't forget uh those of us who cover the steelers on a regular basis is that whenever we finally started getting active again uh, in the pandemic and it was zoom calls and so forth. Mm Uh, he with the microphone off and everything else, meaning not, not being recorded, just said to us, Hey, I understand this is a tough time in your industry too. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make every effort that I can as the head coach of the Steelers to accommodate your needs and to make sure that, and we're sitting there going like, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really? Um, that was actually a pretty cool thing. Um, and that's, I I can see the perception that BP has. And and also from the fact that the coach will not exactly mince words when he doesn't like your question. He doesn't agree with your concept. And they see that as acrimony or whatever else. It's all just professional. Our job is to ask questions. His is to answer them. That's it.
1: And also his job is also to protect the team too you know when he, when he gets asked a crazy question
0: yeah exactly
1: oh, not crazy somebody's looking for a an hard answer I
0: oh no we'll ask some dumb questions <laughs> i've done it too believe me let's uh let's do this again tomorrow my man i'm with it if you are dk all right moon